Hi, this is John Sablon, one half of To Have and To Hold Podcast, and Nicole and I are so very blessed that you decided to join us on this journey to improve your marriage, your family life, and your relationships. Now, as a disclaimer, Nicole and I are not perfect. We're not your counselors, and we don't desire to be your spiritual directors. What we do desire, though, is to lend this podcast as an opportunity for us to journey together in holiness and virtue, and to share our experiences of, of marriage and family life and what we've learned, what we've encountered, so that it may bless you and your family and your relationships. Now, if you disagree, or if your experience is different, or perhaps if we say something in mistake or in error, you are free to absolutely reject it, my dear brother and sister in Christ. So we just wanted to leave that with you, and we thank you again for your support, and most especially your prayers. So please share, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, and let us know how God is blessing you through this podcast. May God bless you and keep you always. I feel like if we say Hippocrates, like I'm calling him a... Like a hypocrite? Hypocrite. Oh. Just makes me feel uncomfortable, no? Yeah, I don't think so. So it's either Hippocrates or Hippocrates, but you'll figure it out. Anyway. Well, then it's like you're calling him a hippo. True. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if either one is really... Hip- yeah, what would... I probably want... I don't know. Would you want to be a hypocrite or a hippo? I'm um, neither. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to go say no to both. Yeah. Okay, so this dude. another episode of to have and to hold as usual with my beloved bride nicole and we are excited for another episode and so grab your glass today we are toasting to the temperaments that god gave us cheers to that love the red mm-hmm. so excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about temperament something that we believe has been an absolute gift to not only our marriage and family, but also just to relationships in general, to growing an understanding of self and of others. So let's start with kind of what are temperaments? And I think most people may, I mean, some people have heard of it, some people have not. Um, Some people have heard of obviously personality styles and types, um, which are probably built on temperaments. And we're not going to go into a deep, deep catechesis about it, but we just want to give you a little bit of an overview. So, May I share one difference? You can, <clears throat> Okay, so personalities are generally affected by our, our experiences mm-hmm. and events that have gone on in our life. Temperaments, on the other hand, are natural tendencies. And so we're going to talk about those natural tendencies that we, we do that we're just basically born with. Yeah, so it's like how we're wired. Correct. Okay, so um, if we take this back into 5th century B.C., um, there was uh, a doctor, Hippocrates, who wanted to understand um, why some of his patients were different. Or is it P- Hippocrates? Hippocrates or Hippocrates. You guys will figure it out, right? Let us know. <laughs> I, I feel like if we say Hippocrates, like I'm calling him a... Like a hypocrite? Hypocrite. Oh. Just makes I me feel uncomfortable, no? Yeah, I don't think so. So it's either Hippocrates or Hi- Hippocrates, but you'll figure it out. Anyway. Well, then it's like you're calling him a hippo. True. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if either one is really. Hip, yeah. What would I probably want? I don't know. Would you want to be a hypocrite or a hippo? 
I'm neither. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go say no to both. Yeah. Okay, so this dude, mm-hmm. right back in the fifth century, yeah, um, was trying to figure out whether or why the difference between some of his patients, some who were compliant and some who were not, and so he uh, started to study them, and he he basically came up with that everyone has four basic bodily fluids, mm-hmm. or it comes down to primary bodily fluids. And so he came up with these four temperaments mm-hmm. um, named after bodily fluids. So you have sanguine, choleric. Um, Do you remember m- what they are, the sanguine? Sanguine is obviously blood. Uh-huh. That's probably the easiest one to remember. Uh-huh. From the heart. From uh-huh. the heart. Choleric. Uh-huh. Um, did I just say choleric? No, choleric. Yeah, yeah. yellow bile. Yellow bile. Uh-huh. Melancholic, black know? bile. Mm-hmm. And... Phlegmatic, phlegm. Yeah. Yeah. All fluids, really not relevant in today's world right now with what we know on the social science side. <clears throat> but he came up with those four, and basically there were certain patterns of behavior, inclinations, um, natural tendencies that flowed forth from each of these. And so we all have a bit of those mm-hmm. in us, but we have kind of primary or dominant temperaments. Mm-hmm. So we'll give. So that's kind of the overview, mm-hmm. and they kind of. It kind of built from there. There's resources that we're going to kind of share with you on it, but we wanted to kind of get into a real short overview of it, like we just gave, and then like the meat and potatoes of it. Like, why is this such a powerful thing? So if you hear us referring to temperaments in some of our other discussions or dialogues, um, you'll know why. Mm-hmm. So there's those four basic types. So what would what would be some of those differences, or should we share with them what we are? Well, first, I think we need to talk about why it's so important to talk about the temperaments. Mm. And I think that in our marriage, for one, we learn more about ourselves if we understand our own temperaments and then we know about our spouses. Mm -hmm. In knowing about ourselves and our natural tendencies as well as our spouses, it helps in our relationships in terms of, I think, really understanding certain actions. So actions may not be conveyed with the right words, if you will. I'm thinking about um, when things are a situation that lends itself to a reaction. Um, You know, there's a certain temperament (laughs) (laughs) that is more intense and so um, and more reactive and passionate. and, And so it's it's good to understand, okay, where is this person coming from? Because if you don't have that, share that same temperament, um, honestly, it could be exhausting. So, um, and we'll talk about a little bit different. Both ways, by the way. Yes, both ways, absolutely. Uh, So it's, it's good to understand the temperaments in terms of just helping your relationships, not only as spouses, but with children, family, it could extend to coworkers, any sort of relationship. The other thing too, I think is about growing in the spiritual life. And if I take my role seriously in terms of getting my husband to Christ and I know more about his temperament, then I may know ways that would help him in terms of certain um, prayer life, certain saints that he may be more drawn to, so on and so forth. So those are some of the, the benefits of knowing your temperament. And I think that for us, I can share that knowing that has helped me understand you more and also myself and our differences and helping us come to a resolution because we both desire the same thing, but our path to get there is a little different. Mm -hmm. But me understanding your path um, certainly brings a level of, um, 
I think acceptance mm -hmm. and again um, understanding. Absolutely. Yeah, and not and it it empowers us not to take things personal. Correct. Which is key, right? Because we do that a lot in our relationships, especially uh, with spouses and with our children in particular. Um, we're probably nicer and more tolerant of those outside of the home than we are within we the be. home. Yeah, we can be, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so should we share with them then what our temperaments are? Yes. So I am, so we, we named off four. Now, the way we got to know this, though, oh, yeah. is through... <clears throat> A questionnaire and we actually gave it we got it from the temperaments that God gave you by John and no excuse me art, art. I was giving you credit that's nice I, I wrote the book and, just kidding okay so art and Lorraine, um, Lorraine yeah. Bennett so this is the book here and um, I highly recommend it for you to take for your spouse to take for your children to take just like I said to understand more of the temperaments so once we did this, okay, now you can share. So once we took that inventory, um, and all of us in our home have taken that inventory, as well as our uh, um, children's significant others, mm -hmm. right, as well. Um, once we took that, we've kind of figured this out. So I am a choleric, mm -hmm. which is one of the two extroverted um, temperaments, sanguine and choleric. So I'm a choleric. That's your primary. Primary. Mm -hmm. And what's your secondary? I don't know. I think it's sanguine. I know. And it has, it's typically a thing. It's going to be the other side. Yeah, it doesn't have be. to be, but in your case, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to the sanguines. sanguines. Out we there. need sanguines. Sure, sure. I just don't want to be one of them. But that's just, it is what it is. And so my temperament is I'm a melancholic and talking about not wanting to be one. Um, so my dominance is, a, is melancholic and then my secondary is phlegmatic. And so we're going to kind of talk about the differences and how God has a sense of humor because he put us two together. <laughs> and, and again, this is almost like um, when I think about uh, how I, I jokingly said, I don't want to be a sanguine or, you know, you don't get to pick and choose like just because you know the temperaments, you don't go, oh, well, I'm going to give up my choleric and go get a phlegmatic. It's like the charisms, right? Is you don't get to go pick and choose which gifts, spiritual gifts you're given. It's just the way God made you. So, um, However, that doesn't mean that to say that, well, this is my natural tendency and I can't work around it or correct. I can't ask I can't ask for the grace to move beyond it or, or right? Great point, right? So you, you have to temper the temperament, mm -hmm. right? Because yes. there's goods and bads to all four of them. And that's a great point, love, because a lot of people say, well, this is just the way I am. Mm -hmm. That doesn't dismiss us or excuse us from working on ex the, the negative aspects right. of each of the temperaments. Right. Um, or not recognizing the positive aspects of one of the temperaments in, in each other. Mm -hmm. So um, let's, what, what would be, we don't, we can't go through the whole list, right? Or right. else we'll keep you on here for a week. Um, right. But let's talk about some of the, the, the key differences we can discuss on the, the show. What would you say would be one of the, the key differences? Well, the one that stands out the most is, and we've talked about it in a previous episode, is basically the way that we look at things. A natural tendency for you to be an optimist, and I shared with you that I call him Optimist Prime. <clears throat> Whereas for me, I, I tend to be a um, what I call a realist. Um, uh, a pessimist. A realist. So anyway, um, I, I would say that that's, that is one of the primary differences, which I really appreciate your your viewpoint because sometimes it's just all doom and gloom for me. Mm. So why is that important in in the context of marriage? Mm -hmm. um, and just so we can kind of uh, highlight as well, in the, you know, we Nicole's a, a melancholic primary and melancholic. I'm a primary choleric. Um, our daughter Bria is primary sanguine. sanguine. And then our two sons um, are 
melancholic, uh -huh. primary melancholic. Um, so if you can see the dynamic, so you have two introvert or two extroverts and three introverts, um, three who are typically pessimists and then two who are normally optimists in the home. So just kind of understand the dynamics within the home. So why is, why is that important? Well, because it, to understand that, well, I'm gonna approach everything as a half full kind of guy. Nicole's gonna approach it as a kind of half, half empty. empty. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's automatically, mm -hmm. right? So if you're not aware of that, one of you are gonna feel like, either I'm gonna feel like Nicole's always a naysayer Mm -hmm. She's always negative. She's always, you know, um, gloom and doom. And she's going to feel like this guy's over here and everything's rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. And um, without realizing, no, our natural tendency, I'm naturally going to tend to or be inclined to, to think more positive about a situation. And Nicole's going to be naturally inclined to think more negative about a scenario. Super important to understand in the context of marriage. Mm -hmm. Because if that comes to a house purchase, mm -hmm. if that comes to how we uh, foresee a career opportunity, mm -hmm. or uh, how we even deal with our kids in their lives mm -hmm. and, and the, the different dynamics within the home, we're gonna see through that lens. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the, the, I would say that this difference is really brought to my attention. The first time that we went to make a, a big purchase, mm. And um, I think when the salesman saw saw you and, and he, you know, and I mean, it was just like gold. He was working on the relationship. <clears throat> and that's another difference between, I'd say a major difference between uh, melancholic and choleric is what you just alluded to. It's that you're an extrovert and I'm an introvert. So uh, people and, and events are not as important to me and that sounds awful, but my natural tendency is to go inward. So it's more of my thoughts and my emotions where John's natural tendency is to go outward with people and events. So when he sees a salesman, you know, it's about people and about forming a relationship and the, and the guy is just working, just working it, right? And he's telling John all he wants to hear to make this purchase. And I'm calling it like it is. He's a salesman. He's supposed to do those things. Right, mm -hmm. and so it was that tension in terms of we need to shop more, which also um, lends itself to another difference, which we'll get into in just a <laughs> minute. Bear with me, but it's that we need to compare prices. We need to go out and see if there's better deals. We need to wait, mm -hmm. which is probably like me. It's equivalent to me scratching my nails on a chalkboard for you because you're ready to go. You you like the sky, and you're just you're ready to make a purchase. Yeah, so I think when you think about the, the processing time or the decision-making, um, I am more apt to firing away. Like, I'm sold. Um, I mean, what? I'm just gonna go to another lot and see the same car and I'm gonna have to go and spend a few more hours getting to know somebody else. Why do we have to go through that whole process, right? Um, but the other example we use is like, <laughs> just an example of the differences. Nicole wants a painting up. I've got a nail on the wall before she even finishes. Oh, I want that painting up. And I've got the hammer and the nail and the wall, right? right? And she goes, well, not that wall. And then I'm like, okay, well, which wall? That wall. And then I'm getting ready to hammer the nail into it. Well, not yet. I need to see, can you put it up against it? And then we need to kind of position it and let it hang there. Let me think about that for a few hours. And then maybe we move that down. And then I'll think about it. Maybe a couple of days go by and then we're ready to hang the picture. And I've already sold my hammer. 
right. <laughs> so I, I think for us, what I've learned with that in terms of reaction <laughs> times is that I have to now tell him, okay, I'm gonna share something with you, but I don't want you to react. Yeah. Like I don't want you to go and, okay, so another example of something recent, I wanted to get a certain book. Mm. So then I asked again and I forgot to, I, okay, so I thought it was clear. I wanna get this book and it is, okay, it is the second book of the same author that I'm, I'm requesting. So I come home thinking, so my book arrived and it's just the one book. No, my husband bought all the books that this, this person has ever written in his life. So, uh, so you have yeah, to be really clear. Set. I because, mean. Yes, go ahead, a sweetheart. set of like 10. Yes. Uh -huh. That way we don't have to like, you know. I never have to ask him for another book by book this book. author yeah. again. I okay. Mean, now we have a whole shelf dedicated to his books. That's right. That's right. And I, I appreciate that. So some people <laughs> should be probably, um, you have to see based on the temperament who should probably handle the finances and, and such. Somebody is willing, um, somebody is willing to per pull the trigger a lot faster because the action, reaction time is just a lot quicker. So, than a, pra the so a practical way that we, what's something that Nicole has implemented, right, in order to avoid scenarios where, you know, I'd done shot before I said, ready, aim, I already fired, right? She will say, okay, my choleric, mm -hmm. I'm telling you this, I'm just talking out loud. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my signal to go, all right, don't pull any triggers mm -hmm. because she's just talking out loud. Because mm -hmm. right? if you tell me something, I'm automatically, I'm like 10 steps down the road. Mm -hmm. And that's the processing speed of, mm -hmm. of it. Right. The other thing when I think about reactions, love, as I think, um, so in another example, and if you haven't guessed this already with regards to even just seeing us on the podcast, right, where this is episode five or something like that, that you ask me a question, I'll just start talking and eventually the answer will come out, right? That's mm -hmm. coloring. Like, I'm just going to start talking, mm -hmm. and something will, it'll make sense at some point, right? Mm -hmm. um, you ask Nicole or somebody else who's a melancholic, they need time to process. Mm -hmm. So it's never a good scenario to be like, hey, love, what do you think? Right. And put a mic in front of her. Right. Um, or, hey, love, um, you know, I'm doing a talk, I'm, I'm, I'm a speaker, right? I'm doing things, and I'm like, oh, I want to bring my wife up here. She's going to share with you um, something, and I didn't prepare for that, like, weeks in advance, like, yeah. weeks in advance, um, that it, that's no bueno. Now, I would say for a melancholic, it's a lot easier than a phlegmatic, and not that I like everything scripted, because <laughs> I certainly love the Holy Spirit working in me, but there has to be absolutely some time of preparation, mm -hmm. which is good that you brought that up, because not only in uh, speaking arrangements, but even in disagreements. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're upset and you're ready to, to confront the issue right away, an introvert, a, a melancholic and a phlegmatic will need some processing time, mm -hmm. need some time to think about it, mull it over before approaching the issue. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know, sanguines and cholerics are going to be more on the emotional side, more intense, more passionate, and going to want to deal with it like right then and there. And so if you don't have that understanding, again, it can lead to some pretty explosive situations. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. um, What's interesting, I think, about our temperaments that shows just the grace of God working in both of us is that the intensity 
of our emotions. So both of us can have intense emotions. John will get there faster. I will get there slow. It's picture a snail, slow and steady. I will get there. But once I've reached it, I've reached it and I don't budge. Mm -hmm. So it's almost cemented. So we can both have very intense emotions. And then what happens is that our um, feelings really at that moment doesn't really matter. What, mo what really matters for us at that, that time during those disagreements is truth, mm -hmm. is the principle. Right. And so um, and the nice thing about a choleric is that you know, later on, he may forget, but for a melancholic, it is cemented. Yeah, I think that's more on the sanguine side. So uh, two of the things, if you look at the extroverts and the introvert underlying inclinations, tendencies, um, choleric and melancholic are aligned and sanguine and um, phlegmatic are aligned in certain situations, right? So for Nicole and I, we both have, um, we can have both have intense feelings and long lasting, it's just the time to get there is different. Mm -hmm. So. Um, the sanguine side of me will pay attention to relationships, but because I'm dominantly choleric, I don't necessarily, those, I'm more about truth and less about tact. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Nicole. Yes. So if, if it comes between truth and relationships, it's always truth. Mm -hmm. Versus uh, phlegmatic or um, sanguine. sanguine. Or about harmony. Harmony within those relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they will know, I know, I know plenty of sanguines that will say, they, they're not okay if you're upset at them. Are you mad at me? And they're going to want to be able to f fix that relationship. Choleric and melancholic, we're like, mm -hmm. you better go pound sand because mm -hmm. don't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're standing on that principle. We're standing on that truth. So that's important to understand. So if you think about that in the context of the home and in married life, right? Um, and it's beautiful the way we are aligned because in certain situations, we're both that way, mm -hmm. um, which is good and bad. Right? We can both stand for that and not and, and agree, but at the same time, we can both be stubborn mules, and that's mm -hmm. not good either. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we're we're both we're hold we're towing you know we're, or we're holding the line firm, mm -hmm. and we're not willing to budge. Mm -hmm. and that's why as we grow in our spirituality, there's certain virtues we need to work at in order to combat some of those negative aspects of those temperaments. Mm -hmm. What other um, so we talked about being extroverted and introverted, mm -hmm. pessimist versus optimist. We even talked about realist. Remember. Um, pessimist versus optimist. <laughs> Here's a stubbornness. Okay, we'll let it go. All right. Um, and um, also the reaction time. And, I, I, you know, taking it a, a, for a second off of Nicole and I, but even onto our children, same thing with those dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, personalities, I mean, temperament's also part of personality. So if you think about if I'm an early, you know, just the different aspects. I We talked about this in one of the episodes, like, I bounce up in the morning, mm -hmm. right? So I get up in the morning, I go get us coffee so we can do prayers. Um, it's gonna take that time for Nicole to get going and, and you know, to get, get her bearings and, and move on. So it's just like realizing that reaction time. So if I'm expecting, like my two boys are melancholics, right? So they're introverted, just like Nicole, and it takes them time to get going. If I'm expecting them to get going because I'm going, you know, we have false expectations and unrealistic expectations of one another. Mm -hmm. and the same thing for uh, Nicole and I. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair. I wanted to clear up something, though, too, like the extrovert mm -hmm. versus introvert. Mm -hmm. So we started off the podcast and we we're saying, like, it took 18 months to get to this point of us actually doing it. Right? Right. Talk about processing time. <laughs> Wowzers. All right. 
But the other thing is it doesn't mean, Nicole has done conferences. Nicole has done, um, so just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you're shy. shy. Mm-hmm. Because Nicole will be, could talk your ear off. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it just depends, it's on, it's on the planning, on the preparation, but also in the context of, of who that audience is, right? So if you had a choice between 400 people or four people, she's gonna choose four people mm-hmm. every single time because mm-hmm. that's the, the level of comfort. But she's an awesome speaker, an awesome presenter, um, and she's not like super awkward and weird to be around. Um, I'm not hating on anybody who is, but I'm just saying, right? So it, it but some people think, oh, you're introverted, mm-hmm. therefore you're, you're socially awkward and you don't, no, that's not the case. It just means you prefer to be inside your own head and in your own thoughts mm-hmm. than out and That out. would just be my natural tendency. Correct. I think about <clears throat> when, we, um, we, one, one evening I had a laugh to my, my, to myself because we had just been out and for, for a melancholy, that's exhausting to be out. And so we are out all day. It's evening time. We get a phone call that a friend is arriving. Now I love this dear friend. I do. And I actually missed him. We hadn't seen him for a long time, but I just, I reached my peak mm-hmm. and I was just done. And so I needed to, so we went home and this friend was going to be there. And so I just went and retreated to my room. I mean, I just was, I didn't have any, anything mm-hmm. left. And I retreated my, to my room for the night. I didn't, you know, I did, of course I don't want to be cold or anything like that, but I'm exhausted. I'm spent. Mm-hmm. Whereas you get fueled by people. And so you're, the energy just kept going and going. And it feels sometimes that as he's getting all the energy, I'm just becoming like zapped. And so that's one of the, also the major differences and what it could look like. So it's important for, for you to know if, you know, I'm sure God has put, I mean, opposites attract. So one of you may want to go out on the weekend. The other one saying, oh my goodness, I just worked a whole week and I've been out in front of people and doing different things, I'm just wanting to relax. And that sounds really good to me. But for sanguine, you know, they just continue to, to go and go and go, which is, you know, I think about you know, my daughter, she loves to host and she loves to have people around, you know, at all times. And so, and it does feel her so that another, and it feels her. Yeah. So important an important, important example. I should it, say it fuels her. Yeah, it fuels her. Yes. Um, it, it's an important example in the context of marriage to be able to help you understand why this is important because that's a perfect example. If I'm fueled by the external and the socializing and the, and the friends and that's draining in every aspect to an introvert. <laughs> so just by me even bringing it up, right? Long week, you've exerted yourself, right? You used everything that's in the gas tank to interact with your coworkers and other things. Maybe you had some events that you, that you, hey, you muscled through, you prepared yourself for it and you got it, but you're ready to go into a two day comatose or retreat, mm. right? And then on Friday evening at 5.30, I say, hey, so-and-so is coming over. We haven't seen, they just got some town. I told them, yeah, come on, bring it on over. <laughs> and Nicole looked at me like, what? Mm-hmm. And so initially, if we don't have this understanding of the temperaments are going, what are you, what's wrong with you, mm. you know? or. Or what, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's a huge deal mm-hmm. because you don't understand what's requ- what it requires of me mm-hmm. in order to get there and then what's required after, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to exert yourself um, in that way and then you need to be able to, to recharge and mm-hmm. to refuel. Mm-hmm. And 
so it's it's recognizing that just like Nicole will understand for me, like it is very difficult to be a negative person for me, mm-hmm. right? So I to 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 get to that place, I have to exercise an, an intentional um, level of empathy as best I can to be able to see it from her perspective. But that's also draining for me, mm-hmm. right? So being around negative people will just drain me. I mean, I I don't have a, I have a low tolerance level. Why? Because it's emotionally draining for me. Mm-hmm. Um, versus for her, it's probably this guy's always in the freaking rainbows, mm-hmm. right? He's always in the clouds and the and every it's always he's always skipping around with unicorns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just it's emotionally draining for that person. So when we have an understanding, we can say, oh, and we can make compromises where Nicole's just gonna say, hey, I'm good with you. I know this feels you. Um, in order for me to deal with this, what I got to deal with on Saturday and Sunday, I'm gonna go ahead and retire for the night and mm-hmm. call it, you know, uh, call it quits. So that's just a better understanding of not say not trying to to push each other to be like the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that also I really appreciate since you know that about me that you even because of course out of our um, desire to do ministry and to love people we don't want to disappoint and we don't want to you know say no especially if we feel that it's God leading and so we need help with that discernment. Mm-hmm. So I can lean on you so you can help me to discern whether this is really God's call or not. Mm -hmm. And you've been really good about knowing my temperament to say, you know, you're going to have to decline this in order for you to to be able to do these things. Mm -hmm. And so, or you've been my, you haven't even asked me because you know it puts me in a situation where because I want to, Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to bother my wife about it and I'm just going to tell her, no, I can't she can't do this or I'm going to take care of this piece for her, whether it's going to be, you know, fielding phone calls or things like that. Um, so I really appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah. Because in the, in the world of speaking, for instance, I, i get, I get a lot of requests, you know, what well, does your wife speak? You know, does your wife speak with you? And I'm like, I never say yes for my wife mm-hmm. because that's something we have to discern together. Um, whereas my wife has no issues with saying, Oh, John will do it. John will do it, right? So first, first five answers for me is yes, and the first five answers for her is uh, no. Um, so, but it's it's recognizing and, and working in um, in unison with one another once we understand those differences and what it does, and so helping each other discern mm-hmm. is this should you know should we be saying yes to this and no to this or vice versa? And on the flip side, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're you're ha- highly capable and you desire to do many things. Mm-hmm then, you know, I've been your voice of reason to say, mm, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's on a good balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think those are some some key ways that we can, you know, as we grow in understanding, the same thing, um, you know, with our children. You know, knowing that these are, this is how, this is how we were designed. You know, as, you know, uniquely made individuals, um, there's nobody in the world that's like you or like me or like Nicole and like your children. And so learn about, the differences mm-hmm. and um, support them in that and encourage them in that and help them right again mm-hmm. there's not an excuse to just this is the way I am just deal with it mm-hmm. no it's it's calls for us to, to understand one another better and then to help each other grow in virtue mm-hmm. and holiness with that specific temperament mm-hmm. I'm glad that you mentioned that because everyone's pathway to holiness is different mm-hmm. and it's under it's good to understand your temperament in terms of the best way perhaps to lead you there mm-hmm. so some um, if you have for your particular temperament is um, is more aligned with Saint Paul, so he'd be a good saint for you to read about, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And because you know one of your vices is pride, you know the virtue is to work on um, is humility. Mm-hmm. Whereas, do you remember who my saint is? You mean as far as your temperament? Uh-huh. I was going to go with St. Thomas Aquinas, but he's more phlegmatic. Right? He's phlegmatic. Um, why would uh-huh. you put me on the spot like that? Huh? Sorry. Uh, okay, so I'll share with <laughs> it's um, Edith Stein. Oh, Saint Benedict okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Cross, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, um, in my really, I need to work on is self pity because my I can go inward, mm-hmm. and I could be become you know sad. And I could I need to work on my joy, mm-hmm. and going out, um, and that's really where I find my true happiness. But I need the Lord's grace to help me to do that because I can go inside and. You know, I am very comfortable there. And stay there. And I can stay there. <laughs> yeah, so it's important for me to get to um, to work on those things. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, those are great um, examples. So also to think about that as well when we think about vocation, right? So some of, not everyone who's watching this is, is married. Um, and so we have to remember that even in the context of vocation, right? So Nicole, while she may be apt to really go inside her thoughts and be, you know, want to be monastic and want to go in her cell, she also has to be a, a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And so while your natural tendency may be to like, look, I'm going to go inward. I'm going to my cell. I wish I just would have been a nun. It's like, I'm too late, right? Um, that's not going to be the case. Just like I may, man, I wish I was an itinerant preacher, right? Um, and often doing whatever. In the context of where we're in our, 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 our vocation, we have to keep that in mind as well, is that there has to be somewhat of a healthy balance and perhaps maybe a, more of a priority. That if we work this right, we can respect each other's differences. And quite honestly, in, in this sacrament, I've become more of a, I've taken more of an introverted approach as it, far, as it relates to introspection and quiet time and time in silence where, you know, Nicole, I mean, she's probably waiting for this day, right? But um, I actually prefer silence and quiet and really going a little bit more inward in order for me to work on my own interior spiritual life mm-hmm. right so when you you spend a lot of your time on the periphery and the external and um which isn't a bad thing um i still need to recharge and refuel and i can't continuously do that by always giving myself mm-hmm. away in that sense mm-hmm. so you you learn to appreciate and actually take on some of those uh attributes and characteristics of the other temperament mm-hmm and then I guess we should share for the sanguines who their their saint is. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? No, we just play this game. Okay, so Saint Peter. <laughs> oh, that's right, Saint Peter. <laughs> Duh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So Saint Peter, um, and so really, be, because they they love to go into um, you know many people and events. Probably a good I think for them. Like I love. Um, adoration, Eucharistic adoration is, is the best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer groups is really a struggle. I see the benefits of it. Intellectually, I see it. It's just not my natural tendency. So that's why I put myself in one. Actually, I started one um, at our parish just for that so I can grow and, um, and help ladies develop a, a relationship and a love for Christ. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Holy Spirit is working all this, and I'm just just trying to be, you know, and though I'm an out-of-tune <laughs> instrument, I just try to do it. Um, but for sanguines, it's probably the greatest thing you can do is to be part of a prayer group or maybe some sort of um, praise and worship. A little bit more um, charismatic, yeah. Correct. Right, right, would yeah. be maybe something for you to do to grow in that in your spiritual life. 
Yeah, and I think uh, like we've experienced in our home where you know we have quiet Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not in our house, um, but you know, uh, the, we have chapel time. We do have chapel time, mm-hmm. but not Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. But um, in some of those cases, if we were to, you know, attending a praise and worship um, Eucharistic adoration event, shout out to Army, um, like that is, and they actually do a good balance of both praise and worship and silence, right? So you understanding your spiritual uh, needs and desires, as Nicole was saying, right? So some of you may be more charismatic, some of you may be more prayer groups, others may say, you know what, I, I just, I prefer to just pray in my own cell, mm-hmm. right? And, and pray in my own chapel or my own room. Um, and that's gonna feed your soul more than being around other brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, like, you know, just calling on the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's good to, to, to understand that. Do we, did we miss, oh, phlegmatic. Yeah, so phlegmatic, um, more prone to, whether it's Divine Mercy Chaplet or the Rosary mm-hmm. or some of those rote prayers. But again, I encourage all the, the introverts to go outside because really it's about um, sharing our love and enlarging our hearts. And we only do that if we step out of our comfort zone and allow the Lord to, to work through us. And then that we can see our fulfillment. Even though our natural tendency is to go within and to be withdrawn, it actually shows a great potential and fulfillment. If we feel happier when we're in line with the Holy Spirit and we allow him to work through us. And so I would actually, um, encourage you to do that. Whereas the extroverts, because that's your natural tendency to go outward, I would encourage you to go and develop a deep relationship with the Lord and lean into him in quiet reflection and introspection because he, he tends to, to speak in the, in the whispers, in the wind. And you know, you think about a whisper, it really causes you to, because you can't hear it as clear, it really causes you to lean in. And so he asks that, you come and lean into him. And so I encourage you to do that. If you have a spouse, either one, you kind of know somewhat of the temperaments and I encourage you to get the books if you'd like to learn a little bit more, but help your spouse to grow in a deeper relationship with the Lord. And once you do that and you both fall in love, you can see the fruits of that in your marriage. Um, And again, I think we've said this before, but you can never outdo God's generosity. And so I would just encourage you to um, continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord, know yourself and you grow in wisdom and um, in love for God and for one another. Yeah, so just as a reminder, two books that we recommend is The Temperaments That God Gave You by Art and Lorraine Bennett, and also one that's out there as well as Personality Plus at Work um, with one of the co-authors, Rose Sweet, who is a dear friend as well. Some two good um, books to refer to, something that every Catholic couple, um, every I mean really any, any person that's looking to grow in their relationships and their ability to interact with others should be doing, right? The, the, the great ancients have the saying, right, the great uh, the spiritual giants of the faith, know thyself. And this is one way to be able to do it. So we hope that was helpful. Thank you for allowing us to show bits and pieces of ourselves in our own temperamental way. And um, remember that, uh, you know, we are looking for you to, to like, comment, subscribe. Let us know if there are specific topics or issues you want us to address. And, you know, don't forget to bring a drink next time. And so cheers to the temperaments that God gave you. God bless. We'll see you next time.